A very good morning to you all. Morning, lovely to see you. Uh, <clears throat> warm welcome to you if you're here uh, in the building with us. Uh, warm welcome if you're accessing us through a screen. However you're accessing the service, we hope and pray that you will have that sense of God being with you at this time. Uh, church members, I need to verbally announce... How else would you do it? Uh, I need to announce that next week, uh, 11th of September, after the end of the service, there will be a special church members meeting, very brief on, just to hear reports uh, on uh, the visit uh, of two of the deacons, a deacon and member to Magdala. She's going to be baptised on the 18th, and we intend to receive her into membership at the communion table later in that service. That's why it's a special church meeting. That's why it's happening next Sunday morning at the end of the service. It won't take long, um, so grab your brew, come back and sit down, and someone uh, will tell us what we're doing. So that's my notice. Jane, you've got a notice. I've never had a glamorous assistant before. You haven't got one now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wonderful to, to be standing here, um, but it's uh, inside. If you remember, a year ago uh, this Sunday, it was the 5th of September, we met as a full fellowship for the first time, and we were in the garden. And uh, part of the, the service was, uh, well, was led by the deacons, but um, I sort of brought it together based on, on a book called, um, which, which is here, Rain Before Rainbows, and so on, to um, remind you of all those things that had happened during the two years of, of the pandemic. Good memories, and not so good all sorts of things you um, represented through the, the threads that you chose. And uh, I went away to, to weave them and put them together because that would then make our story. So, I didn't get round to doing it the next week or the week after. And then, do you know what? Time disappears. And September into October was really hectic. And uh, I've kept them in a safe place. I, I wove them. The, the, I thought, what am I going to weave them on? So it's jute and the frame, which is a bit wobbly, which is why it's, it's on the top there. Uh, we, we had a lot of bushes and trees cut down. And there were some quite straight holly bushes. Uh, so I kept those sticks, thinking they'd come in useful one day. <laughs> I've got a house full of useful items and a garden full of useful items. So it's, it's all natural, and, and the different uh, ribbons, walls, and so on are your story. And um, I just thought today was an appropriate day to, to put them on display. Uh, in junior church, we, we, we made some little ones. Um, I can't remember now the, the names, but there was a landscape, earth, uh, water. Um, so I'll, I'll put these for you to look at as well. 
uh, and we did those in the session after our, our um, get-together. So we've, we've had another year. We've been together for a whole year. Not everybody's back. We've had ups and we've had downs. And we are together. God's Holy Spirit keeps us united. And so that's our prayer for the year to come and infinity. Amen. Amen. So people can see it. Stay. Some of them are really good because you made them into little plaits. So you really wove your stories together. Superb. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Our call to worship is taken from the opening of Romans chapter 12. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Amen. We're going to stand, if we're able, and sing together all my days. I will sing this song of gladness. Morning, everyone. Lovely to be back, by the way. All my days I will sing this song of gladness Give my praise to the fountain of delights For in my helplessness you heard my cry And waves of mercy poured down on my life I will trust in the cross of my Redeemer I will sing of the blood that never fails Of sins forgiven of conscience cleansed, of death defeated and life without end. Beautiful Saviour, wonderful Counselor, clothed in majesty, Lord of history, you're the way, the truth, the life, star of the morning. Glorious in holiness, you're the risen one, heaven's champion, and you reign, you reign over all. I long to be where the praise is never ending. To dwell where the glory never fades, 
where countless worshippers will share one song, and cries of worthy will honor the Lamb. Beautiful Savior, wonderful Counselor, clothed in majesty, Lord of history, you're the way, the truth, the life, star of the morning, glorious in holiness. You're the risen one, heaven's champion, and you reign, you reign over sit down. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your great love towards all that you have made, and especially towards humanity. We recognize that we don't deserve what we have, and yet it is your good pleasure to continue to provide for us. It's your good pleasure to continue to look for us, indeed to run after us with your goodness. We are astonished when we recognize that we are objects of your mercy and your grace. And what we've been singing is really the truth. We long to be in that place where the praise is never-ending yearn to be lifting our voices with the voices of the heavenly beings, to be in your presence every moment of every day, to be lost in wonder, love, and praise. One day, Lord, that will be so. It's not yet, but one day it will be. And while we are here, there's so much that troubles us, there's so much that plagues us, Uh, that draws us away from you and living in the way that we want to live. Sometimes those things are our fault. We entertain thoughts that we shouldn't entertain. We do things that we know are damaging. We say things to hurt. And none of these things, Lord, are from you or are of you. And we recognize that in these opening moments of our service, as we begin to worship, as we come into the presence of your holiness, we recognize our shortcomings. And instead of trying to hide these things away, we openly and freely confess them before your throne. We are truly sorry, Lord. Will you please forgive us And help us to begin again with you and with one another. Thank you that your word reminds us that you are righteous and just. And when we come in this way, repenting of our sin, confessing it and repenting of it, then you freely forgive. And indeed we can begin again with you. 
So thank you for this new day, this new opportunity. We'll make the best of it, we promise, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. from Acts chapter 9 and from the first verse we're reading about Saul's conversion Meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way whether men or women he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Thanks, Nick. Uh, We'll sing together once again. At the conclusion of this song, I will receive the offering. Uh, If you're able, please stand as we sing Christ Triumphant. Just to, just to uh, 
a couple of words. This is a song of victory, of course, so uh, no, um, no holding back here. There are a lot more of you, so I should be able to hear you rather than me, even though, even though I have this magic stand here. <laughs> so big voices. Christ triumphant, ever reigning, Saviour, Master, King. Lord of heaven, our life sustaining, hear us as we sing. Yours the glory and the crown, the high renown, the eternal Truth revealing, Son of Man, one earth, power and majesty concealing by your humble birth. Yours the glory and the crown, the Victim crucified, death is through the cross defeated, sin is justified. Yours the glory and the crown, the again, Lord, we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now, if you're involved with Virginia Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. So we bring our prayers of intercession to God. Let us pray. Father God, once again we come to this part of our service 
thankfully, knowing that if we weren't able to do this, uh, it would make life so much more difficult for us. To know that we can come to you, the creator and sustainer and redeemer of all things, and lay before you the woes and troubles of the world, and indeed our own woes and troubles, is extremely helpful. There is something about speaking these things out loud which helps us enormously. We look at the world and every week it's the same. There's always such a lot that is not as it ought to be, or so it seems to us as we watch and pray. Pakistan, all of that flooding, lots of people losing homes, livelihoods, family, friends. Afghanistan, still struggling and a massive famine across the whole country. Ukraine and Russia, still at war with one another. And we realise now that that isn't going to be sorted out quickly. This could go on for a very long time indeed. And there's a knock-on effect for the rest of the world. Some countries will struggle to feed themselves because grain is not coming from Ukraine as it normally does. All across Europe, there are issues with gas and electricity production because of the closing down of a pipeline from Russia. World prices go up because of this. There are all sorts of issues and concerns, Lord, which could be quite overwhelming. And yet... We know you and we come to you and tell you all about these things. These things are hard for us and we can't see how they are going to end, but you can. So we pray that you might help us to be patient with the things that we cannot affect but we ask that you might make us proactive. Should we see a way to effect change? And it may not be, actually, in these big arenas, these big areas, but in our own personal lives, maybe, in our relationships with one another, maybe. Perhaps there are things that we could do and should do. And will you prompt us, Lord, if that is the case? Thinking about Russia still, you think about those in that country who will be mourning uh, the loss of former President Gorbachev, really the man who was the architect of the end of the Cold War. Without him... So many things would not have changed for Russia and for the relationship between Russia and the West, which was doing 
much better up until very recently. We pray for all those who knew him and loved him, family and friends, colleagues, and for those many around the world who saw the value of what he achieved. We pray for Russia as it is today and ask that those values of openness and reconstruction which he so famously uh, led upon might once more re-emerge. Think about our own country and in the next few days we will have a new Prime Minister There'll be lots for him or her to deal with. Uh, It's a very big agenda. Not just what is going on internationally, but what is going on nationally. Cost of living crisis, cost of fuel, cost of food. Just how can we afford to live? And it is clear that something, some sort of intervention will be needed. So we pray for wisdom for whoever will be taking that seat. We pray that you'll give them clarity of thought, that you will remind them that they are there to serve and not to rule, that they will serve well and wisely, that they will listen carefully to all those around them, that they will maybe have an ear towards what you might be saying too. Thank you, Father, that the churches do have access to power in this country and are able to speak truth to power. And we pray for all those who lead in the churches at every level. Pray that they might be wise too. And that they might speak truth and grace and mercy. We pray for all those who serve us as members of parliament or councillors. Ask that you might bless and encourage them. Indeed, we gather up all of our prayers in the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we'll sing together once again. If you're able, please stand as we sing Jesus is King. Jesus is King and I will extol him. 
after our break in the garden and in other parts of the scripture through August, uh, you will recall uh, the stoning of Stephen. You will recall the way in which uh, he defended himself uh, before the council, uh, the way in which he defended himself against all of the charges that were brought against him. Uh, and the way in which uh, his words caused such anger and consternation amongst the folk who were trying him that they laid hands on him uh, and they stoned him to death. And you will recall that Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. And then the story jumps away from Uh, Stephen and away from Saul and picks up with Philip in Samaria. Philip, uh, one of the new deacons as he travels and moves under the guidance of God's Spirit, speaking uh, here and there with great effect. And then we come back to Saul 
Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Damascus is about 150 miles away from Jerusalem. So if you're travelling by foot, probably a week or so, maybe a bit more, to get where you're going. And on the journey, something quite dramatic happens to Saul. Uh, you will have heard people say, if you, even if you're not a great churchgoer and you just happen to find yourself here today, uh, for whatever reason, you will be aware of people uh, asking the question, have you seen the light? Well, this is where it comes from. This story, Saul seeing the light on his road to Damascus. Uh, <clears throat> this sudden conversion experience, experience This passage actually poses a question for us. And the question it asks is very simple and very straightforward. Can you change your mind? That's what it asks. Saul is a Pharisee. Saul is a religious person. Saul is well-schooled in his religion. Saul is zealous for God. Saul knows what God wants. He believes all those things. What about you? I'm very keen that people should know God. I'm very people. I'm very people. I'm very keen that people should be aware of the nature of God. Saul believes he knows all of this. Saul has long experience of God. He is one of those keen young men that every church wants. People that are clear, they can speak, they can persuade, they can work, they've got energy, they've got enthusiasm, they've got zeal, and they know, they know God, and they know what God wants, and they know exactly how you should change in order to come into line with what God wants. God help us if we're like that. (laughs) We need to be very careful about all of this. I do want you to know God. I do want you to be aware of God. I want you to be in relationship with the living God. I want you to learn about him every day. I want you to be aware of him. I want you to know his will for your life and I want you to be active in proclaiming the goodness of God amongst all those that you know particularly well always family always friends work colleagues people you study with wherever you find yourself I want you to be able to give an account as to why you believe what you believe there's nothing wrong with knowing what you know. There's nothing wrong with being aware of what you believe. You need to know that. But you also need to be aware that the way that you operate, the way that I operate, is not the only way. 
There are lots of ways that you can proclaim Jesus. There are lots of ways that you can do this. There's not just one way. There's not a right way. There's lots of right ways. Can you change your mind? God does something dramatically different in Jesus. And Saul cannot get his head around it. Saul cannot understand this new fad for Jesus. He cannot understand why men and women of all types are changing the way that they live, the way that they speak, the way that they behave towards one another because of this Jesus. Who is this? What has he got to do with our religion? What has he got to do with God? What has he got to do with being a part of the covenant people? Saul can't see anything really good about Jesus. And all he can see is people being taken away from what he believes to be the right thing and the right way to live. His approach to God. God is doing something radically different and Saul can't see it yet. Then he bumps into Jesus on the road to Damascus and it's a dramatic encounter. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Suddenly everything is different. Physically he can't see. He can't do what he wanted to do. Now he's dependent on others. The others hear something. They're not quite sure what it was. They don't see anything. And what they're left with is this young firebrand you can't see. So instead of this, you know, raging lion who arrives at the gates of Damascus, you've got this poor soul who's got to be led everywhere. Saul has got to change his mind. Saul has got to change the way that he thinks about God. He's got to change his whole approach. Because suddenly he is aware that this no longer works. This no longer fits the approach that he had before. Now alongside Saul having to change the way that he thinks, we've got another man, Ananias, and he too has to change his understanding of God and the way that God works. Ananias is aware of Jesus. Ananias knows the truth about Jesus. Ananias has found the truth in him and works to see others come to know this Jesus for themselves. Apart from this episode, we don't know anything else about him. But there's a lovely touch of humour in this, I think. Ananias, yes, Lord. I want you to go to this address. There's a man there called Saul. 
and he's praying. And as he is praying, he's seen a vision. Uh, He's seen a vision of a man called Ananias who comes and lays his hands upon him and restores his sight. Ananias, you are that man. Just a minute, Lord. There's one or two things I think you should be aware of. As if God doesn't already know this. Have you ever done that? I've done that. Kevin, I want you to go to this group of people. Or Kevin, you find yourself here now. Speak about me to these people. Oh, they won't want to know about you, Lord. They're, oh, no, they, they just would not. They will not countenance anybody saying anything about you. Just do as you're told, will you? <laughs> Funny old thing. When you do as you are told by God, interesting things happen. Ananias does as he is told. And he goes and lays his hands on this man. Saul has been breathing out such venomous threats against the church. His prayers bring about the healing of Saul. Bring about the transformation of this man. What will happen if you are obedient to the will of God for your life? What will happen if you do as you are told by God? Be careful about that. By God, not by other people necessarily. Always think. Always pray, always check with your understanding of the word. People that you see around you that you think are wise in God, speak to them. I think God may be saying this to me. What do you think? Will you pray for me? Will you pray with me? But when you know it is God, will you do what he tells you? Will you get hold of that? And will you do it? So both Saul and Ananias need to change their minds about God and about the way that God works and about the things that God wants. And they are able to do this. They can change their minds. And because they can, remarkable things happen. The church is going to explode across the world because Saul and Ananias can change the way they think about God. Because they can be obedient to this new understanding of what God is about and what God wants. What about you? Can you change your mind about God let's pray and it may be Lord that you are asking us to change our minds about you it's an interesting time in this church closing chapter in a ministry and ready for a new chapter to begin What sort of minister? What sort of church?
do we need to change the way that we are thinking, even at this stage, about the future? Lord Jesus, will you speak to us clearly about what is to come and who we might need in order to help your purpose for this place come into being. Thank you that you are gracious and merciful and that you speak to us tenderly. But please speak to us, we pray, in that glorious name. Amen. And so a song uh, which just underlines uh, what we've been saying. Jesus, you are changing me. Please stand if you're able. Uh, We'll sing this through twice. And um, I think on on the back of what Kevin's been saying, let's really think about the words in this song as we're singing it. Take it, take it to heart. Jesus, you are changing me by your spirit, you're making me like you. Jesus, you're transforming me that your loveliness may be seen in all I do. You are the potter and I am the clay. Help me to be willing to let you have your way. Jesus, you are changing me as I let you reign supreme within my heart. Jesus, you are changing me by your spirit, your transforming me that your loveliness may be seen in all I do. You are the potter and I am the clay. Help me to be willing to let you have your I let you reign supreme within my heart. Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. 
May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.